We're so glad you could join us for mornings at YCBC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. Hallelujah. Yes, Father God, you are the way maker. When everything seems hopeless and, and lost, Father God, you make a way. When we are left dry and and without and lacking, God, you step in and you renew us with your strength, with your spirit. Father God, when there is no other way, Lord Jesus, you are the way. You not only make the way, but you are the way. You are the truth. You are the life. Hallelujah. Yes, Father. Amen. Thanks, Eliza. I just just actually felt uh, in my spirit to, to just say that God has anointed you with, with the, the ministry of worship. And, um, uh, yeah, it's not just a... I guess a, a, a gift, or it's not just something that you do, but it's an anointing God's placed on you. Um, and yeah, so thanks, Liz. Thanks for, for ministering to us through our singing worship this morning and leading us in that. Awesome. Well, thank you, church. Uh, if, you're, if you're in our building, you're standing, feel free to take a seat or feel free to stand. It doesn't really matter too much. Uh, and if you're at home, do whatever you want to do. Continue doing the dishes, whatever, whatever you're doing. Having breakfast. Uh, that's one of the, the blessings of uh, streaming church. You can uh, just continue to worship God in, in whatever you're doing. Well, it's my absolute pleasure to, to invite uh, Keith. And uh, I'm going to get Pam to just come up as well, just for a moment, if she doesn't mind. Uh, is, that, is that a no? You no, you, you, yes, you, you don't mind. Cool. Uh, just, just like to, yeah, to, to, to come up, and um, I'm just gonna, just gonna pray for you guys. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're we're so blessed to um, to have Keith uh, sharing with us this morning. Better get my 1.5. It's not deep. Um, yeah, <laughs> you guys can stand next to each other. Um, yeah, we're so blessed to, to to have Keith and his wife Pam with us this morning. Uh, they run a, a ministry in in Murrum Bateman. Uh, uh, it's called Gathering Two Five Eight Two. Is that correct? Yep, yep. Um, so I guess it's it is a, it is church. It is community. It's gathering. Um, and yeah, I was really blessed to uh, sit down with Keith on on Wednesday night um, and just really uh, hear his heart for um, for community and uh, and all the things that they're doing. Um, and I mean that's. The, the gathering two five eight two is only a small part of of what they do and who they are. But um, yeah, we, uh, I know that you're going to be blessed to uh, to hear what what God's uh, placed on Keith's heart this morning. So I'm just going to pray for for these two, and um, then I'll hand hand over to Keith. Mm. So Father God, we just thank you for uh, for Keith and for Pam. Father God, we thank you for uh, all that they do for your kingdom. Father God, we thank you for um, yeah the all of the ministries that you've placed on their heart. Father God, and you've gifted them with Father and. Um, yeah, Father God, we just uh, we thank you for the words that you've already placed on Keith's heart this morning, Father God. Mm, we just ask that your spirit flows out of his mouth, Father God, this morning and, uh, and touches our hearts, Father God. Mm, prepare us, Father God, right now. Prepare us for what it is that you have to say to us, Father God, through Keith. 
Amen. All right. Uh, if you just press the, the, that button there, and I'll unmute. You know, we were praying this morning, and uh, it says, you know, when brothers and sisters dwell in unity, God commands a blessing. And I really believe that God wants to command a blessing over the Yass Valley. I've, ble- I've believed if it the 13 years we've resided in the Yass Valley, God brought us here to Australia 21 years ago. And he's, he's been speaking to my heart and says that he wants to command a blessing that will go out from this place to the nations. And, and I don't know if you agree with that or you're going, what's this bloke on? But, I, you know, as we were singing that song this morning, that, that way maker, promise keeper. God brought us to Australia with little more than a promise. It was the 18th of August when we left England. It was the 19th of August when we landed here in 1999. We came with six months, for six months. We came with three kids and nothing else but a bunch of luggage. And God had a plan because we're still here. We've overstayed our welcome. And it's really good to be back, back here with you guys. You know, it's like, please be praying for Nick. Please be praying for your pastor, Nick, and pray for his family as they go and have a break and be blessed because... We, we minister, Pam and I, part of our ministry is to minister to pastors. It's like we're kind of the pastor's pastors. I don't know how we got that. I don't know how we arrived at that. But that's what we, kind of part of what we do. And we have it in our heart that, that if they're not fueled up and fired up and blessed and re, you know, reinvigorated, how can they take care of their flocks? So that's one of the things that God put on our hearts. And uh, I'm going to honor the times. I'm actually going to tap a thing here that tells me how long I've got because I talk forever and you those are home, you, know, you might want to put your dinner on. So if we're going at 5 o'clock, you have permission to have lunch and dinner. But the, God put a, a message on my heart this morning. It was about prayer, and it's actually about worship. And I, he put this on our hearts, or put it on my heart five years ago, when God called us out of a, quite a large church in, in Canberra. It was a growing church. It had gone from a few people, and we were the associate pastors then. We'd grown to 300 in the mornings, and sort of 75 in the evenings, and God says, in 2015, I'd like you to come and bloom where you're planted in Murrum Bateman. And he said, I want you to leave this. And we shared that with the guys there, and they, they were going, but we're growing. So we had to be obedient to God rather than be obedient to man. And so we left there, and I left there, or we left there with a, with a, a scripture on our hearts because being in youth with a mission years ago, God taught us how we had to have a scripture. If he, if he called us into a place, we needed something like a rock to stand on. And I'm going to share that scripture with you in a moment. But he, uh, he encouraged me. It's all about prayer. And God says, I'm calling you to a place of prayer and worship in Moran Bateman. And it's something that it's, it's our first calling. If we don't come out of a place of abiding in Christ through prayer and worship, where are we? Unless we can actually worship the King... And, and ask him what's on his heart rather than what's on our heart, then we're lost. And actually, I was walking this morning, there's that word abide. Because unless we're abiding in that place, abiding with our dad, we're lost. So he, he called me and uh, called me and Pam to, to come. And we started this little gathering in 2016. But it's funny, in 2015, there was somebody who was asking this questionnaire. Where do you see yourself in five years' time? And you know what? I reckon if we'd have answered that one, we'd have all got it wrong, wouldn't we? We'd have all got it wrong. No one would have thought we'd have 1.5 distancing and we'd be at home and we'd be worshipping. But you know what? I think God is pulling us back to our first ministry. So 
He, he really did start to speak to my heart about this thing about worship and prayer and, and how he can mess up a meeting and change it just the way he wants. Because it's not about my performance or any of our performances. He just wants us as sons and daughters to come to him. And you know, I was kind of battling with this. I've had this on my heart for two weeks. And this morning I received an email from a friend of mine in the UK sharing a story which he's given me permission to share. And if you don't mind, I'll just share it. Because it was about a prayer meeting that took place just before COVID hit. And it was in New Zealand, in Auckland. There was a prayer meeting, a worship meeting going on. And, and somebody, this lady got up to share. And the guy who was officiating the meeting like Dan did this morning, he just goes down in his chair and on the floor in the spirit. And it was a big meeting because it was pre-COVID. And over on the other side of the building, a lady went down. And that was it. This woman shared, she talked, they prayed, the meeting finished. And she said, I've got to find out what's going on. So she went to this guy who led the meeting and said, what happened? He said, as he was praying, the Holy Spirit just, just hit him and took him to Fiji in the Spirit. Showed him this prayer meeting where a friend of his in Fiji was. And he said, well, what happened? He said, well, as I was watching, this dark, horrible thing came. And then all of a sudden there was this laughter. And this thing left. And then it came back and tried to harass the preacher. And tried to harass the pastor. And as, as, as it was doing that, this laughter came again and it left. So that's really strange. So she went over to this young woman who had gone down. So what happened to you? She said, I don't know. I was just laughing in the spirit. This black thing would come and I laughed and this black thing went. Now those two things in, in their own Things in the context of a prayer meeting of hundreds are strange. But the next day, this guy gets a phone call, the guy who was seeing this meeting in Fiji from a friend of his who was a pastor in Fiji. He said, the Lord told me you were praying for me yesterday in the spirit. And as you were praying, I was trying to preach this message and a, a Fijian old ancestral spirit thing that resides over there came to attack him. And he said, and then this laughter just occurred and this thing left. So I carried on preaching. And as I was preaching, this thing came back to harass me. Then this laughter arose and the thing left again and never came back. Now God can do what he likes. He can do what he likes today in this meeting. I just share that. I hope you encourage it. It really encouraged me because prayer is our primary weapon. So I want to read this scripture. And this is what I want to share with you for the next little while that we've got together. Came out of 2 Chronicles 7.14. That's why we started our prayer gathering. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will hear their land. And now John Bunyan, he actually, there's a quote from him. He says, In prayer it is better to have a heart without words than words without a heart. I'd rather have a, hang out with a group of people who have the heart for Jesus. I want to see what Jesus wants. I want to see king, his kingdom come and his will be done than have a bunch of fancy words shared with you that have no heart. So I hope today that my heart will be con, you know, conveyed to you because it's the heart for Jesus. Jesus has come and Jesus is coming you know, he didn't come 2,000 years ago. He said, I, I came then and I am coming again. And we need to prepare ourselves through worship and prayer. 
So I had this scripture on my heart for many, many years. 21 years ago, I'd have it in YWAM. If my people, if my people were called by my name. And then I had it to start the gathering. When Pam and I started the gathering in Murrah Bateman, that was what God was speaking to our hearts. A place where people would come, they would pray, they would worship and seek God. And God would start to speak. And you know, since we've had the lockdown, we've not been able to meet in our building either. And we've been meeting in homes. And because of the size of the building we were meeting, we can't go back there. And at the moment, God's just stirring our hearts. And I believe he wants to stir every heart in the Yas Valley for this. So I just want to share a few things that God's put on my heart from the scripture, if that's okay with you. So the first thing is, he says, if my people... If you've given your, na- your life to Jesus Christ, if you've said yes, you've confessed with your mouth, you've believed in your heart, then you're a son and a daughter of the king. That's my people. You are his people. And he says, if my people who are called by my name. You see, Pam and I have had a healing ministry for over 20 odd years, 25 years. In fact, probably longer than that. But God has been stirring our heart. The healing comes from God's people. And when we see him move in this, in this nation again, People are going to need to be set free, set free and healed. And it will be done by the people who are called by his name. You are called by his name. You know, we, we have a bunch of unbelievers who turn up in a church and they act like unbelievers. And do you know, what? I've been in churches where Christians get offended by that. That the unbelievers actually behave like unbelievers and they ask questions and they, you know, they, they, they don't understand stuff. We all... People who come into a church can't automatically expect it to understand Jesus. We have to share our hearts with them. And you know, I was like that for 36 years. I, I used to class myself as a born-again heathen. I used to run around and, and I didn't need Jesus. And when I found Jesus, or rather he found me, it was quite a confronting and impacting thing in my life because two years later, God called us to Australia. And it was like this radical transformation. But you see... I was one of those people asking all the questions. And I'd encourage you to be listening at home today or watching at home or wherever you are. Ask questions. It's okay. If you don't understand, there is no such thing as a stupid question. But God has put the weight of responsibility for transformation on those who are called by his name. So if you are called by his name today, he didn't say when people's marriages are healed. He didn't say when people's addictions are broken. He said, if my people who are called by my name, my name, the ones I gave my name to. You know, Jesus said, ask the Father in my name and it will be done for you. And in Matthew 18, 18 to 20, it says this, receive the truth. Whoever forbid on earth will be considered to be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you release on earth will be considered to be released in heaven. Again, I gave you an eternal truth. If two of you agree, ask God for something. And in a symphony of prayer, I like that, a symphony of prayer. Wow. It's like it's going up as a symphony. My heavenly Father will do it for you. For wherever two or three come together to honor my name, I am right there. And if you're at home today, you know, two or three of you, he's right there as much as he's right here with us today. I would encourage you that the governmental responsibility for transformation, transformation of your lives, of your family's lives, of Yas, of this nation, they rest on those who are called by his name, that were given his name. He said, I've given you my name. And when he called us to Australia, he said, I've given you my name. 
You know, Jesus Christ, Christ wasn't his surname. It was Jesus the Christ, Jesus the anointed one. And as Christians, we are little anointed ones, smeared with the Holy Spirit. Smeared with it, dripping with it. So we carry this name. You know, COVID-19, I believe, has actually pushed us back to a position of strength. Because we've had to be two or three in homes. We met with Zoom for quite a while because we couldn't come into a building like you couldn't. But it says where two or three are gathered, I'm there with you. So I think Jesus is not, we're not worried about this. We don't have to worry about what's going on. Jesus has taken us back to the grassroots. If my people who are called by my name. You know, I'm not just taking up space here till Jesus comes back or I go to be with my dad in heaven. I believe that God has put something on our hearts when we came 21 years ago. And we've got a taste of it right now. It's almost like we've come to 21 when, you know, 21 today. Got the key of the door. I'm an adult almost in in Australia. 21 years. And God, I can taste it. I can taste what God is doing. And I, I really am excited about what he's doing in this valley. I really am. It says, you know, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we pray the Lord's Prayer, our dad in heaven. You know, we pray that because we carry his name. We're co-heirs with Christ. We can pray that. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. You know, we had a guy who visited a church in the UK and there was five, five ladies, five ladies in this big old church on their knees praying. And he walked in and he didn't take God's perspective on it, which is something that God's often said to us. Take my perspective. He walked in and made a bold statement. It's a bit of a dead church with five old ladies in it. And these five women turned around to him and said, we're just praying. The rest are in the mission field, 200 of them. 200 people out in the mission field because these five ladies had taken the knee. It wasn't just because of them, but that was such an important role. Pam and I minister in, in healing and restoration. We can't do what we do unless our intercessors who support us and praying. You know, when we walk into a situation, we, we walk in fully prayed up. That's why I said this morning, please pray for Pastor Nick and his family because they need your prayers. They need to join with that. If my people who are called by my name, I believe our most important ministry, I really do, in this time is to pray. You know, it's something everybody can do. I've had amazing prayers come out of my little grandkids. I love the prayers that come out of kids because they have no filters. They just say it how it is. And they believe it. They believe it because they have childlike faith. And I believe that God wants us too to have childlike faith. Yeah, God's looking for people who don't just stay busy, but they know his heart. God wants us to know his heart. That's why I said, you know, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Not my kingdom, your kingdom come, your will be done. Jesus even stretched his arms out before he died and he said, you know, Dad, take this, this stuff away from me. But if you can't, then your will be done. And it's about his will. It's about the connection to the heart of God. It's the connection to the heart of God that gives us our authority to walk as children of the King. We can actually do that. We can actually take that in and actually absorb the fact that God, you know, God is our dad. My dad. I only discovered that. That's not something I always knew. That happened to me. I got a complete revelation of that in 2006 when my son was taken ill. And taken in a hospital, our son was taken to the hospital, and God started to work on my heart because I was a performance character. 
I was a very high-ranking police officer when I left England. I, I became a pastor of a large church. You know, I've been a CEO of all But God has this habit of bringing me back to grassroots. You don't need those things, Keith. You just need me and my authority. So it's the connection with the heart of God that gives us this authority, that we can represent him. We can represent Christ in every situation. We're called to a lifestyle of prayer, a lifestyle that actually you know, calls us into action because the Bible tells us that you know, prayers are fine, but faith without action is dead. Works, you know, faith without works is dead. God also wants us to step out with the prayers that we pray and take the action in obedience. And we'll talk a bit more about obedience. That's if you invite me back next week. You know, we're going to talk about obedience next week because it's all right to talk about prayer, but what does God call us to? Each one of you has a call, and we need to step out in that call, and I believe that God is firing those calls up right now. So it's called to a life of action. So if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, humility is the way forward. You know, a lot of people come to the throne room. I came into the kingdom of God very angry man. Angry, bitter, hurt, wounded. It's okay to come in with those things, but we just can't stay there. But humility is something that in the kingdom of God, I believe that that's something God's looking for. You know, not my big ideas, but his ideas. You know, God wants, God does nothing, nothing. This is John Wesley. God does nothing in the affairs of man except through a fervent and effective prayer. God wants us to pray and ask him, God's looking for partnership in that prayer. You know, without God, we can do nothing. The Bible tells us we can do no thing without Jesus. You know, nothing, not a one. But in Christ, we can do all things. So we can do nothing without God. But without us, he doesn't want to do anything. He desires this partnership. That's the place of prayer. That's where we come into agreement with God. You know, that's where we make, I make these requests and petitions to the kingdom in agreement with God, spending time with him. And that's one of the things that's happened to me through COVID-19 is that all of a sudden I was working from home. All of a sudden I couldn't do all the things I did before and I, Pam and I were on our property. All of a sudden there was this time. What do you do? Sit and watch more videos? No, the Lord says, time to come and talk to me. If my people who are called by my name. And out of that, as, the, as these two or three of us started to gather, there was this awareness of the presence of God that started to stir us up. You know, Everybody knows how to offer up a panic prayer. Is that right? Or is it just me? Oh God, I've got that wrong and please help me and I've got this interview. And that's okay. But God wants to teach us to get into a lifestyle of prayer where it's just, it's this ongoing, ongoing thing. You know, Paul talks in Galatians 4.9 about laboring until Christ is formed in us. It says this in the Passion Version. I love it. You are my dear children, but I agonize in spiritual labor pains once again until the anointed one, Jesus, is fully formed in your hearts. He doesn't want to be fully formed in our heads. He wants to be fully formed in our hearts because it's our hearts he wants to transform and it's our hearts that people see. You know? I've got nothing better to do with my life now. God's like, we have no plan A or B. We just have Jesus. When God called us 21 years ago, we had quite a lot of plans. But over these 21 years, God said, there's only one plan, and it's my plan, it's the best plan. 
So you better follow it. I believe he's trying to stir us up in that. You know, many people moan and groan. I've been to prayer meetings in, in intercessors groups. And people moan and groan and they call it intercession. Yeah. They just start to moan and groan. But Jesus is looking for people who will actually, you know, who are given by his name. They will do nothing but live out of what Jesus says. Yeah? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's been said here once this morning. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And if he is and he tells us to do stuff, then we need to be obedient to impact the culture around us. So, we'll talk about obedience, as I said, next week. But, you know, nobody's ever been told off for coming to, to God for help. Nobody's ever been told off. Jesus never rebuked anybody who came for healing. In fact, everybody who came to Jesus for healing got set free. They had to come. But he never rebuked that. He never rebuked that. But it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will pray, and will seek his face. You know, Nobody, nobody's rebuked for reaching out for the hand of Jesus. But in his face, in daddy's face, in the face of a loving father, that's where forgiveness is found. That's where freedom is found. Looking in the eyes of a dad who just looks down and says, I love you. I told you, that's been a recent discovery of mine, discovering who my dad is. My dad, you know that thing when we used to be in the playgrounds? My dad's bigger than your dad. Now, my dad can fight your dad with one hand tied behind his back. But I know, because I know, because I know in my heart, that my dad is bigger than all of those dads. But you know, forgiveness comes from his face, not his hand. It's the countenance of a dad who welcomes us. He welcomes us in. You know, this is the sort of prayer that recalibrates us. If we seek his face. He said, seek my face. But the problem that he said when seek my face in the Bible, if you look at the people who sought God's face, they died. They looked in the face of God and they died. And God's saying... Seek my face. Let those things that are unimportant die in your life. That's a challenge for me, you know. There's been things that have plagued me over many years. I've had lots of things going on in my life, but I've found over these last few years as I've sought his face, as I've looked in the face and sought God's face in prayer, those things have frustrated me, those people, all those things. Is that wrong to say? Do people frustrate you? You know, it'd be great to worship God in the cupboard on your own, wouldn't it? But we have to live as brothers and sisters to dwell in unity. So as I've sought his face, a lot of the stuff that irritates me has dropped away. Why? Because I've become perfect? Absolutely not. It's because it's about his kingdom come and his will be done. So if my people, who I gave my name to, God's saying, I gave my name to my people. If they will humble themselves, pray, seek my face. And then he says, and turn from their wicked ways. Ooh, now we're getting into tough stuff. Turn from their wicked ways. But you know, the Old Testament and the New Testament both turn about turning. When we repent, that's simply about turning 180 degrees away from our stuff. You know? God's looking for a repentant church. He's looking for a repentant people. You know, turn from the inferior. I had a lot of inferior in my life, but turning from that to seek the face of God. Looking right in the eyes of dad. And that's turning from the inferior to the absolute perfect. And God says that when we turn, when we repent, you know, he is faithful. He heals us. He sets us free. He forgives us. 
And we are counted as his righteousness. Not my righteousness. You don't want my righteousness. It's pretty messy. But God's righteousness. You know? Count God, what I've discovered, I guess what we've discovered on our little journey over these last few years is that God is a bit of an all or nothing God. And he wants people who are all in. If this valley is going to be transformed for the kingdom, he wants people. He's looking for people who go, you know what? There is no plan A or B. I'm going to be one of those people called by your name. Yeah? I'm going to be called by your name. I'm going to know that I am called. I am going to humble myself. I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to pray. You know, Hebrews 6.1 says this. Now is the time for us to progress beyond the basic message of Christ. Now. Now is the time. And advance into perfection. That's Christ's perfection. The foundation has already been laid upon for us to build upon, turning away from our old dead works and turning to embrace in faith the Father God. You know, the Bible tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. To please God, Without faith. We're going to talk a bit more about that next week because faith is certainly tied into obedience. I'm going to share a character who, who had amazing faith, but he stepped out in obedience. Because that's the association. When God called us in 99 to come here, we came here, say, knowing nobody, with our kids. We didn't even have the money to get here, and yet God provided $21,000 to get us here for six months, and he provided that in 10 weeks. See, finances and things like that these days, they're not an issue. If God wants something done, as a good friend of mine said, as if he couldn't fund the needs of his own cause. So whatever God is stirring up in your hearts, whatever call he's placed on you, he owns the cattle of a thousand hills. He can do it. He can do it. Absolutely. So it's this turning from dead works to faith. It's turning from to. It's a journey. And everybody, I don't know about you, but I know my journey's been a bit like this. Two steps forward, three, oh, a couple back. But it's about moving forward. It's, as a good friend, progress, not perfection. It's progress. We are progressing towards, as Paul said, you know, forgetting what is left behind and pursuing the race, moving forward. Each of us has our own race. And this race can be done in prayer. But, you know, I'm really, really, really grateful for God that he welcomes us in no matter how our heart is. doesn't matter how your heart is today. You might have come in here going, what's that baldy fella up there with a the pommy accent? I'm not going to listen to him. God doesn't matter. He loves you where you are. You could have come in here this morning bitter, angry, mad, wounded. doesn't matter. But I have to tell you, you can't leave the same way. God doesn't want you to leave the same way. And he doesn't even need a message preaching to do that. When we were at our old church in Canberra, Associate pastors, I was away for a men's weekend. We had about 60 guys at this weekend. And I prayed for this one young man who didn't even know Jesus. And all of a sudden he went down in a heap. The Holy Spirit just dealt with him. There on the floor. He was down there for 30 minutes. He got up, not a message, transformed. I had people coming, well you didn't do this and you didn't do X, Y and Z. You didn't preach the message. You didn't do God can do what he wants to do. That guy is now a pastor in Canberra. So was he transformed? Absolutely he was transformed. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will pray, will seek my face, will turn from their wicked ways, I will, 
I will, and God promises it. It's coming soon. I will heal their land. This might be a five-minute journey. You know, I think that prayer for me is a daily thing. I have a lot of people. I have people who feel bad, or Pam and I will have people who come, and they'll go, I feel bad, I don't pray enough. And they've got five kids, and they're driving them to school, and they're doing this. I only pray 10 minutes a day. God knows. He knows the time you have, and he sees your heart. Conversely, I have businessmen who tell me, I don't have time. And I say, how long did you drive from here to Sydney? And you can't pray? Come on. Come on. Psalm 67 says this. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us so that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among the nations. Love the passion version for this. Poetic song of praise for guitar. God, keep us near your mercy fountain and bless us. Who likes to be blessed? Absolutely. And when you look down on us, may your face beam with joy. That's the face of my dad, beaming with joy. Send us out all over the world. I jump straight into that. Verse 1 does not go straight into verse 2. Like I said, send us out all over the world. It has a thing that's called Salah. Pause for praise. Pause for presence. We have to pause for his presence. When God called us, it wasn't like we got on a plane the next day. We had to pause in his presence. But then he says, send us all out over the world that everyone everywhere will discover your ways and know who you are and see your power to save. Wow. That's what I want. I want to see people all over the place, everywhere, seeing Jesus' power to save. Not mine. Lord, bless me. And cause your countenance. You know, this countenance of a loving dad. We all come into church with baggage. Or perhaps it's just me. You know, there's some days I wake up and I'm pretty, you know, I'm not in that holy zone. More days than not. But God accepts that. He welcomes into that. And in that prayer and that presence, I get transformed. I start to hear his voice. I start to spend time with him. But you see, the final bit of this scripture is, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, will turn from their wicked ways, will seek my face, then you will hear from heaven and you will heal their land. It's interesting that God doesn't always hear. He doesn't always hear. That might sound confusing. Really? I thought God listened to... God doesn't always hear. If we come in and we have unrepentant hearts, and I have had to deal with people whose consciences have been seared, their hearts are seared from God, and they are unrepentant. God doesn't set them free. But that's not what it's saying. It says, if you hear from heaven, you know, hear from heaven. That's a personal blessing to each one of us. Hear from heaven. And then I will heal their land. That's, tran- that's community transformation. He will hear from heaven. And he will heal our land. That's us. That's yes. That's our families. You know, history has been changed by people who prayed these simple prayers you see prayers prayers are not about how many words you use remember i said before i'd rather have a heart for prayer and few words than a lot of words and no heart god is seeking after our hearts he's seeking after our hearts for prayer and history you know you've just got to go through the history of revival And people have been transformed by small prayers. They don't have to be these long, drawn-out prayers, you know. They'll be small prayers that just transform families, nations. 
you know? And we have the privilege of doing this all day long, driving in our cars, talking to God. I had somebody who's a, who doesn't know Jesus, and they were trying to understand prayer. They gave their life to Jesus, but they, they thought prayer because they'd grown up in a place where it was a big church setting with big towers, and people did all sorts of stuff, and they thought there was this formula. And they said, what's prayer? And I said, well, it's talking to God, and God talks to you, and we have two ears and one mouth, so if we listen twice as much as we talk, then we normally progress. Duh! It's not rocket science. Jesus wants us to talk to him. God wants us to talk to him. And those short prayers, they transform every situation. Our families say yes. I'm here to make a difference. I, I believe that God has called us to Australia, not to hang around, as I said before. But it comes out of an abiding time with Jesus. You've got that word. That's, it's at the back, it's at the front. Remaining, dwelling tarrying, hanging around with Jesus. You know, in the, in, the, in the Bible, in the book of Acts, I was reading the book of Acts this week, you know, Peter and John, they were going up to the temple to pray. And as they went up to the temple to pray, there's this man who'd been sitting there, and he'd probably been sitting there for a long, long time. And they probably passed him, but that was his day. And they said, we haven't got anything, but what we have, in the name of Jesus, get up. And he walked, and a miracle occurred. The next chapter, blow me, they're getting attacked, they're in the court, and they're trying to you know, put these people in prison. They're trying to put Peter and John in prison for healing a crippled man. But do you know what it says in there? It says they didn't think they were scholarly. There's a fancy word, academic. They didn't think they were academic people. They just knew they'd been with Jesus. That's, that for me, that's the qualification. I want people to know that I'm, I'm with Jesus. And I believe that he wants you guys to be known as those people in yes. I don't know what's going on for them, but they're with Jesus. That transforms lives. We need to learn to pray out of abiding prayer, out of abiding in his presence, out of his presence. I'm going to finish up because I'm out of time. I'll come back next week if you'll have me. But you know, there's strength on his knees. There is strength on our knees. The thing is fighting from our knees. There is strength on those knees. I used to work gloves like that I used to do a bit of boxing but what I've learned is these knees are the strongest place when we go to our knees when we take the knee for the family situation when we take the knee for you know this this city this town when we take the knee for this nation God hears those prayers because we are his people you carry the name of Jesus you are called by his name there are assignments that God will give each one of you you know but we can't do that effective prayer we can't find significance in God. I just want to finish with this. We can't find significance in God until we find our own personal insignificance. I mentioned before I was a very high-ranking British police officer. I've been a CEO. I've been in a, in, in a big church. Yet here we are, a small gathering in Murray and I've never been happier in all my life. Because God can use a humble heart. He doesn't want us to have all those fancy things. I just think he needs to keep taking them away from me because you know, that's who I am. But you see, prayer is engaging the unlimited strength with Jesus. This abiding in his presence. You know, it comes out of knowing who your dad is. You know, it's good theology. It's good theology to say, you know, God is with us. But when we know that in our hearts, we can draw the line and say, not on my watch. Not today, not that situation, not that family member. 
we can cry out for our family members. So, can we pray? Because we've been talking about prayer. And I just think I'd like to pray. Because I just, I just believe that God, God wants us to be those people. He wants us to be those people. Yeah, I'll just read that scripture. He said, if my people, yes, Baptist people, if my people, you're his people, call by his name, call by his name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And it goes on in verse 15. We haven't got time for that, but it says, now my eyes are open and my ears are attentive to the prayers offered in this place. In this place. I believe that God wants you to know this morning and you are home because you're still in this place. Whether you're at home or you're here in the physical building, you're in this place. And God is open to the prayers of his people. It's an invitation. This is an invitation this morning. If my people were summoned by his name, we want to recognize his face, recognize his countenance. Pick up Jesus' heartbeat. We're summoned to the heart of a perfect father. So dad, I just ask that right now, this morning, Lord, whether it's in this building, whether it's at home, where the twos and the threes or the twenties are gathered, God, because that's allowed. We just ask that you, Lord God, that we would realize that the flesh, it's, that's not what we're warring against. Lord, we fight from our knees because the battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against powers and principalities. Lord God, it's against, it's against the opposition. So Lord, I just ask that you would stir our hearts to pray for those people that are on our hearts, Lord. Lord, that you give us, you give us people to pray for. You give us, Lord, people we see in the supermarket, God. And we'd step out in action with that, Lord. We'll talk about that. But God, we just give us eyes to see people the way you see them, Dad. Lord, because you created everybody, even the ones, Lord, that we see that don't know you, you created them and you love them and your desire is that none should perish. So God, I'd ask that you would help us represent yourself. We, we would be able to represent you, Jesus, to the best of our ability. That we would represent you, Jesus. And people would say, I don't know what's going on for those people, but they've been with Jesus. So God, I, I ask that you would pour out your spirit right now. Right now, all over this place, Lord, all over the homes, all over the Yas Valley, you, your spirit would rule and reign and that your people would rise up and there will be the people who say yes to your call. And you know, I mentioned before that I have 36 years of running around as a born again heathen. I don't, want to, I, don't, I don't want to leave this place without giving people, whether you're watching at home and you don't know the Jesus I've talked about this morning. You don't know Jesus. You don't know this loving Father. Maybe you've been hurt and wounded. I want to speak right into that right now. For anyone who's been hurt by a father, my dad is not that dad because I had one of those dads that, oh, yeah. He wants you to know the perfect father. So if you're at home or even in this building right now and you don't know Jesus Christ, just want to take an opportunity right where you are. Just want to pray and you, you can pray with me because it's as simple as if we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, then he, he'll come in and reside. And we can be born again. 
set free to live a life for Him. So if that's you right now, you just pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning. I admit that I've done many things that are wrong. And I've been hurt and I've been wounded and I've held people in my heart. But today, Jesus, I give you those people. I give you them in the gift of my forgiveness. I confess my sins and I ask that you come and you reside in me and you set me free. I confess this morning that you are Lord and Saviour. I invite you to be Lord and Saviour of my whole life today. Come and lead me, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that, just be known. Just be known that God loves you so much. And if you're watching and you've prayed that, I encourage you to get hold of someone from this church because you've been tuning into this church. These followers, these believers, these lovers of Jesus. Get a hold of them. Ask for help. Lift your hand. God bless you. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.